0: Hello and welcome back to She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza. Thank you for joining me again this week. I know you guys have a lot of options and podcasts and things to listen to and occupy your attention, especially these days with social media and everything that's coming at us all the time. So I really, really don't take it lightly that you tune in every week and that you're here today for the show. So this week we have one of my favorites um, and one of my favorite topics as many of you know who have listened to the show regularly or have read my blogs on my website that I am a student of a course in miracles and as such it is one of my favorite topics because the course and the course principles have truly changed my life they continue to change my life and you know as Marianne Williamson says they're simple principles they're not easy and when I apply them life works and when I don't life doesn't and I Love when she says that because it's so true for my life and, and for many other course students and and people that are just studying universal principles in general. So this week we have another teacher of a course. Her name is Reverend Maria Felipe. She's the author of Live Your Happy, which is an amazing practical guide for applying uh, course principles to your life to actually live your happy. You know, happy has become this elusive thing. It's like everybody just wants to be happy. You know, I ask people, what's your goal in life? They say, oh, I just want to be happy, but no one actually really knows what that is. And it's become this kind of trophy on a shelf that we're striving for. And I love the way Maria brings it down to reality in this book and gives you some practical tools to actually discover you 're happy, which fyi guys it 's never left you it 's actually who you are, so we 're going to get into this conversation on this podcast, and you 'll love it you 're going to love Maria. you know I say on the podcast that she feels like a cousin or a sister of mine, you know in her bio it says she 's five nine but she 's got a towering personality, and she really does she 's a sweet. Uh, kind-hearted, intelligent woman. She's had so much experience in her life from modeling to acting. She was a host for WWE uh, on live television. I mean, she's done so much and gone through so much to get her to the place where she is now in her life using, studying, and teaching the course principles to really live her happy. She leads monthly services in both Spanish and English at Unity Church in Burbank, California, and her website is mariafilipe.org. I'm so happy to have her on this show. You're going to love her as much as I love her. Can't wait for you guys to hear the show. And hey, listen, if you love the show, share it with your friends Come on over to she Rises Tribe on Facebook and join us in the Facebook group. I love to continue the conversation after the podcast, and if you have any questions or anything that's come up for you that you want to ask myself or Maria, you can do that either in the comments on SheRisesPodcast.com in the show notes, or you can come on over to the Facebook group and join us there. Enjoy the show, guys. Can't wait for you to hear it. Hi, Maria. Welcome
1: to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. What a name. She rises. I I love the name of the show. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored. Oh,
0: I'm honored to have you here. And I was, you know, I was sharing with you before I hit record, like it you feel like part of my family. Like I don't know, we feel I feel related somehow. I, I'm you're Latina and I'm Italian and basically it's a very similar culture. And I've just felt a kinship with you from the moment I heard you on uh on lisa's show lisa natoli's show years ago so i'm so happy you're here
1: i'm very happy to be here and i was sharing with you earlier before we did go on air it um it's always so beautiful to collaborate with another sister to extend love and a message you know i feel that this is what's really important and this is what truly matters Mm,
0: to me yeah me too ditto i love it i love it so we're off to a great start and today we're going to share with the audience um how to live your happy. And it's, you know, happiness has become this thing, like, you know, it's like the carrot on the stick. Everybody's kind of chasing it. How do I get it? What store do I buy it at? You know, is it on Amazon Prime? Can I order it? Like we're, you know, <laughs> it, it's, right? It's this thing. Like, how do I get it? And what I what I love about the coursework and especially about how you present your book, which is so practical and useful and down to earth, is you are the happy. Like that's your essence. It's really just peeling the layers to kind of remember that, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's why it's called live your happy because it's really embodying the principles that I'm sharing in the book. In the book, which comes from a course in miracles, which is basically living that at max capacity without compromise. Which means is living in the world, you know, being responsible, um, not being a victim of the world that you see. Um, you know, really living in the being forgiving, even if you don't want to, you know, because you're going to feel better, you know, and and waking up in the morning and just embodying and living these principles is, is, um, is key, you know, and that's why it's not like this cheerleader, raw, raw happiness. It's really a happiness that doesn't come from the ego or from external things. It's a happiness that you cultivate within in a way of being that gives you consistent happiness versus this flighty happiness, you know, that you're happy on Monday And then on Tuesday, you're a hot mess, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the the happiness that comes from the world,
0: you know? Totally. And one of the things that, like, always fascinates me with my guests is, like, is their story and their background. Like, you were an actress, and you were a TV personality, and you had, like, all the stuff, right? Like you say in your book, like... You know, I had the boyfriend, like the hot, cute boyfriend, check. I had the career, check. I had, you know, I had all this stuff, and, but you were still miserable. And I, and I hear this so much, like with my, you know, guests and with my clients. So would you take us back? Like, how did you discover this path for yourself to then start to live your actual happy?
1: Well, that's, that's a great question. And I, I think it's helpful. I feel that I learn a lot from hearing people's stories and how they've been able to overcome and get to where they're at. So yeah, it would, it would be an honor to share. Basically, I um I was just suffering a lot, you know, like a lot of people could identify with, just suffering and and um you know being happy for a little while, and then when you know that relationship ends, you feel upset or or your career's not working, you know, at the capacity that you would like it, or you're not making the money that you would like. And and I lived all that. even if, even when I had it all, it's like I always wanted more. And I feel that in this world of duality, this world of separation, this world that's very ego driven, we're constantly looking outside of ourselves for validation, for to be complete. And I was in that rat race, you know, I was always searching for that carrot. And it felt like for eons and eons of time that I was doing that. Um, You know, if I wasn't in a relationship, I wasn't feeling complete. Even if I had that TV show, it was still not good enough. I didn't feel I was worthy of it. So I was constantly trying to prove myself and people please and, and, you know, not even be myself. And inside I was just like really, really scared inside when I was doing like these national TV shows or commercials. So I was never felt at ease. And when I began to start to wake up was when I started to realize that what I was doing wasn't working and Mm -hmm. what I was consistently doing all the time whatever that was. And one of those things was studying the Course in Miracles every week. Um, I was going to a course group and still not feeling good. And the key was, I figured it out when, you know, I fell to my knees. And then this is where we all say, is there another way? Um, And that happened to me in 2009, when I got my divorce of where um, I started to really ask myself, what am I doing here? You know, I started to become very destructive. And um, you know, a lot of drinking and partying at this time after a short time after my divorce. And I started to just recognize that um I was if I didn't if I didn't change my ways, I, I would die. You know, I would seriously die. So the one that actually had done a facilitated our marriage, I called her and um Johannes, and she told me that why didn't I didn't why didn't I consider going to ministerial school at Pathways of Light, which is a ministerial program based on the Course of Miracles. And the reason it called my attention was because not that I wanted to be a minister, because the first thing I said is, Hell no, I don't want to be a minister. I'm an actress and I'm a model.
0: Did you have this weird reaction? Like, what are you talking about? Go to ministerial school. Like I just had a divorce and I'm an act. Like, did you have that like what are you talking about moment?
1: Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? I don't want to be a minister. I'm a I'm an actress, you know. Hell's no. I don't want to be a minister. I don't want to be doing anything like that. And she says, Well, don't go to the school to become a minister, do it to further your studies of a course of miracles. And that got my attention because it's basically like the university. It's like going to college with a curriculum based on the course. And that mm. really, really got me thinking. I was like, oh, my God, I think I think I would like this. So I went online, I looked it up, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this, but not to become a minister, not to become a teacher, not to become a speaker, which, is, which are all the things I'm doing right now. <laughs> not, not to do that. I'm going to go so I can heal my mind, so I can heal my mind, and I can stop suffering so much. Throughout the curriculum, I had my ups and downs. There was even a very a, a quick moment of where I even quit um, quit ministerial program for about a year because I was so resisting it. I was resisting the calling. I feel that that Holy Spirit was nudging me because this was my way out. It was my, it was my way back to truth, and I wasn't ready for it, and a lot of us aren't ready for it. And that's the whole point is the course of miracles says all you need is a little bit of willingness and miracles happen. And I did have that little bit of willingness. And it started to I started to get more and more into it Um, forward a little bit later when I start to, you know, maybe, you know, 2010, 2011, I had a light bulb switch that came on. And it was this one. We all suffer from self-help desperation. I think we've all been there, right? <laughs> <laughs> that we're like buying all these books and watching yeah. The Secret and, and you know, the affirmations and kumbaya and the workshops. Somebody help me. Yeah. <laughs> like I suffer from that. And I kind of had a light bulb switch of why is this not working? And it was this, it's because you can read all day long and you can do all these workshops and you can know all these things intellectually, but there has to be a moment where you decide, which is what I was talking about earlier, to embody it and live it, live it in your relationship with yourself and live it with your relationship with others. And that's what I started to recognize during um, my ministerial program was that the ministerial program helped me to embody the Course in Miracles principles and not compromise them any longer. Because before it was... Oh, I am love, which is what I learned in the books. And I am light, which I intellectually know that. Mm. But if I am love and I declare that and then I'm looking for my love outside of myself. That doesn't work. And that's what I was doing. So I am abundance, right? Which true abundance actually is recognizing that you are as God created you. But I'm, I'm thinking about it in the money and that I don't have enough money in the bank. Then, of course, it's not working. So we can do all these exercises and do all these workshops and do all these things, which I also did, but they weren't working because you got to live it. And it really takes something. It takes something and it and it takes work. I have a lot of people that come to me for counseling sessions and, you know, they really, really want to change, but then, you know, they don't really want to do the work. I
0: think that's such a great point And it, I resonate with that so much because I mean, it's, it's ultimately like what the ancients used to say, the journey from your head to your heart, because that's why I love the title of your book is to live. You're happy. It's the practical application because I have a very similar story. Like I remember walking around with my course book and I would go to all the, like the, the study meetings, you know, and I never cracked the book open once I had such a resistance to it, but I would go to the meetings, So there was still something that was resonating, but it's like, I had this resistance and I, I was taking in, like you said, like a lot of this, like self-help, which becomes shelf-help information, right? Yeah. And, but I wasn't applying it. And I remember Marianne Williamson said something in one of the talks that I either attended or listened to. I can't remember now, but she said something along the lines of, you know, there are very real principles in this work. And when I, the, the simple truth is that when I apply them, life works, and when I don't, it doesn't. And I was like, Oh my God, of course, like that makes so much sense. Um, And that's what I heard. And what you just shared is that you just literally started applying it.
1: Yeah. And again, it takes something, Giovanna, it really takes something to, to do that, because we are so trained and so transed out by this world and our ego that We've gotten very comfortable with being unhappy. You know, we've gotten very uncomfortable. We've gotten very comfortable in that space. You know, which is really uncomfortable, but we're not awake to that. You know, we think we think it's normal to wake up in the morning and and you know suffer. We think it's normal to have depression. We think it's normal that we need to take you know antidepressants. We think it's normal that we need to look for advice outside of us. Like we think that this is all very normal. And you know what the course is saying and what I'm sharing in my book is basically you know is normal, you know, Mm. um, being happy is normal, you know, not being depressed is normal, being happy actually Monday through Friday. I mean, Monday through Sunday, 24 hours a day is actually the normal because, you know, it's said, you know, the course says happiness is our inheritance and happiness is our function. So, I mean, Jesus is not telling us to take that lightly. He's saying it very literal. Like it's very, very true. Mm -hmm. It's just that we've been conditioned opposite. But the truth is, is that if our happiness is our inheritance, then that is really our true reality. That is really what is truly real, which is the same thing as love is peace. That's the only thing that really, really exists here. So even when we're unhappy, even when we're unhappy, in truth, we're still happy. That's the crazy part. Why? I love that. Because (laughs) how can we lose? How can we ever lose what we are? So even when it even when it appears that we're unhappy, even for a hot second, it's just because for a second we have forgotten who we are. But we haven't lost that happiness because that's what we are.
0: Yeah, I love that point. And it's, and it's, uh, this is how I knew we were soul sisters because you use the same terminology that I do, which is the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs voice. Um, And, and I I know as as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my God, we're related. Um, But it, it is, it's like you, you, you said something really special there, which is you said it takes something. And for me, and I heard it in your story too, and I hear it in so many stories, is it really takes that you know people call it a come to Jesus moment an on your knees moment like a breakdown moment where you just decide that just like you know the, the scribe of the course uh said and and her partner Bill was there must be a better way right like you know there there has to be something different than this and i love in your book and how you really encourage the reader to define a new normal because you're right we have this Concept, I call it the, the comfortable uncomfortableness, because it's just, we don't know, mm. we don't know any different. And we, I love that you use the term in the book, like that we make big deals out of things. Like our ego loves, that cuckoo voice loves to make a big deal out of things. And I wonder if you can give us an example of like a big deal and maybe give the listeners kind of a practical way of, of looking at that and, and, and switching that big deal.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful question and a helpful one because, you know, the big deals is really what robs us from, from experiencing our inheritance, which is happiness. And basically big deals, I describe them as just everyday issues. And it could be from what appears to be big or small, it doesn't matter because they equally rob your peace. So it can be anywhere from standing in line to, you know, trying to get your license or driving and, you know, you get a ticket or a breakup or even a death in the family, Let's just think all those are very big deal. Those are big deals. Those are things that take away your peace. Mm-hmm. Now, the Course of Miracles would say they're all they're all the same because inherently they all, you know, take away your peace and your happiness. So that is basically we have to start to learn that we really, really, really make things really matter and we really identify with with them um, and they take away our peace of mind. It could be any anything like even a letter. So, for instance, I could get a letter in the mail, which I have received that um you know i passed the you know the toll and i didn't have you know the fast pass to go through there and i get a letter that says you have to pay a hundred dollars because you went through this fast pass and they even have like a picture of my license and everything right <laughs> so you know these kind of things you know could freak you out because you see a picture of your license and you don't even remember doing anything and you don't want you you know you're affected because you're personalizing it and i'm like oh my god i have to pay this money right uh, or or a letter that i received from the irs right so the letter from the irs is you know i didn't I didn't I didn't file my corporate taxes on time, which I wasn't aware of because my, my account didn't tell me. And they're gonna charge me a fine. And not only that, they could garnish all my wages in my bank account. Okay. So let's say that. That's let's a, say you get a letter a like big, that. that. That could be <laughs> a big deal for people, right? Like, you know. Yeah. The ego
0: could say that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, and it could automatically rob your piece. Now, how you can see it is see it differently. You see a little bit, you start to undo the mind, you start to undo the fear by understanding that nothing is happening in that moment so when I see that letter I look at that letter from a nod not non-judgment so it's like I'm gonna let this letter right now affect my peace of mind when nothing is happening right nothing what's happening I'm reading a letter right so I look at the letter and I'm like oh okay interesting all right so I was at, I was in my corporate taxes all right now, if I start to go in the future, oh, my God, they're going to garnish my wages. Oh, my God, I could even go to jail. I think it even said I go to jail on top of it, right? <laughs> just um, to top it all off. <laughs> and, and, I was, and I was like, if I would go into the future, I, of course, I would have every reason to be scared. But I didn't because I was just in the present moment that nothing is happening. Only I'm reading this letter. So that's what we need to do for the big deals is really, really, really stay present of what's happening right then, which is nothing, Right. So there's just a bunch of papers, a bunch of papers that I look at. I'm like, oh, my God, this is very nice. Look at all these papers and look at this wording. Oh, my God. And look at this. And just you start to see the beauty in it. I'm serious. This really helps. So um, what I did is is I got inspired and I wrote to them that I seriously didn't know. Like I had no idea. This is the first time I had filed for my corporate taxes and my accountant didn't make me aware of it. And I, I filed them the same time as my personal taxes. And that was it. And they ended up writing a note back that, you know, they were going to excuse me for the first time and they were going to take away all the penalties. Now that is, a, that's great because, you know, I ended up getting, you know, the penalty taken away. Now my job is to be happy regardless of the outcome. That is the key. Mm. So I can't get affected regardless of the outcome. I, I I could hardly care. Why? Because my happiness is not determined on anything outside of me. And the more and more and more and more that I get that, the happier I'm going to be. Now, am I grateful that I got the penalty taken away? Of course I'm grateful. But I'm, I am I also need to learn how to be grateful regardless of what happens. Because outside stuff doesn't define me. God does. God defines me. So I want more and more and more of that. And that's how we get more and more detached from big deals is by making them less and less and less and less real.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that you used such a big example because... Like, you know, you dot, 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 you could go to jail is, you know, that could be a pretty big deal. And I love that you use that example because I heard you say this in another interview, very simply put what you're saying now, which is our goal in any situation is peace. And one of the things I love about the course is as complicated as it may seem, it's really like just so simple. It just makes it so simple, but it's not easy, but it's simple. And we know that the ego is a trickster. We know that it, like uh, the part of our mind that is the ego, loves to twist things and make things huge. And even with the course, I find myself going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and getting triggered. And and it's like, okay, okay, okay. And what I love is in your book that you, again, it's very practical and you break it down and you, you actually talk about how the ego is tricky. I think, and you call it the four tricks of the ego, I think. And I think this will really explain to the audience, like, what is that? Because sometimes, you know, when you're doing something, it's so unconscious, it's so by default, that you don't actually realize it's happening until you break it down. So would you share that with us to to break it down for the audience, these four ways that the this ego part of our thinking tricks us?
1: Yeah, well, the, the first one is um, the shoulds. You know, one of the biggest ego tricks is like, I should have, could have, I wish I would have done it better. So it's always like, I should have done this, or I should have done that, or you know you can't go to sleep because you're thinking about that you know you should have talked to your boss in a different way or or maybe you know you shouldn't have told your your the guy that you like that you like them so much because now you know he's not going to like you as much and all those games that we play right and then also you know i could have done it better you know i i could have done this better or that better and in truth we really can't mess it up you know we always do i always say we do the best we can with the awareness we have at the moment so basically we do the best we can with what we know. So that could have, we we could have done it better is, is all an illusion. And it's just a trap because if you could have, you would have, right? You That's would have done right. it differently, but you, but you didn't know. You didn't know at the moment. Yeah. And it's such a trap, like, and it's such a tasty trap to get into, right? Yeah. You lose sleep over it. Uh-huh. You know, Giovanna, it's very sad. We lose sleep over it. We can't sleep because of things that we should have or could have done in the past of which we can't change. Like it's, we've been there and done that and we've already done the best that we could, you know, and also, you know, going into the future and I should do this and I should do that. It's not even here yet, you know? So it kind of, the ego's just taking us to the past and to the present, to, uh, to the past and to the future of where we can experience our happiness. So it's, it tricks us that way, you know, like you know, I, I I could have gotten that job, you know, if I hadn't messed it up, you know, or, or, you know, if, if, if I followed my hunch, things would have come out better, you know? So it's kind of like we beat ourselves up about with the shoulds and the coulds. Um, another one, one of the biggie ones is obsession with the past, you know, which is like this obsession of like, go on, like maybe a year that you did, you know, and you're still obsessing about something that you did. It's for instance, I had a client of mine, um, that was in a relationship and she was obsessed with, with how the the relationship broke off and, and how she acted like she cared too much. That she had told me that she was obsessing that she wished she wouldn't have shown she cared so much mm. and, and, and acted jealous because the guy that she, you know, her boyfriend at the time was, you know, talking to his other ex-girlfriend, so she wished she wouldn't have shown that she cared or that she was jealous. That that if, if she, she was obsessing that if she would have done it differently, then they would still be together, right? Yeah. So, we do that a lot. We obsess and obsess. Oh, or, you know, you lost your job and then you obsess about how you could have maybe not done a certain thing at the, at the job so that you wouldn't have gotten fired. You obsess about that behavior. Right. And it's so enticing, too.
0: Like, it's so like, it's just so easy. Like, I, I, I describe it as like, when when I, you know, slip into these things, like for myself, it's like slipping into a warm bath. It's like all of a sudden, like you're in it.
1: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like, true.
0: And then you're in the cuckoo, right? And you're and you are you're obsessing and like I I see the combination of these two particular tricks, like the should have and the past, right? They they go together.
1: They're they're very they're very similar. They both they pretty much go together, yeah. Because the should go takes you to the past too. Um, The reason I made it an ego trick is you know too was just obsession about that. You know we just get really really obsessed because of that. Or um, you know another obsession could be you know you're constantly thinking about maybe. You were a bit something or you're obsessed because of maybe something your parents told you when you were younger that you weren't good enough, you know, and you're still obsessing about that. And it still actually affects you till this day in your behavior with others. Mm -hmm. You know, another trick, which is number three, is the focus, the focus on the body. So that's another trick, you know, and you see it all over the place, especially now on social media of people working out and and people eating right and the vegan food and the vegetarian food and you know, and all this obsession with like you know having to be fit and healthy and which there any there isn't anything wrong with that, but it's very important to be very mindful where that's coming from, right. Where is that coming from that need to be skinny or that need to be obsessed of the ingredients and and food and all that? Like, where is that coming from? That's that's all that's really important here, because the ego will use it to manipulate you so that you can have the perfect body or you can people please or you can be loved and you can be liked, you know, so use the body in that way to be able to get something from the outside world or to be able to get recognized or recognition, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That's my, my big pitfall is the body and the weight and the body image and the thing. And the, yeah, like that's, that's where my, uh, the ego will have its way with me. Yeah. And and not everyone. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. Everyone. I mean, it's not just me, but like, I mean, all of these apply and, and I know, and especially obviously, because I speak to a lot of women, we go there for whatever reason. I mean, and we have, we could blame society. We could blame all kinds of things, but it's all these little trickity ways that, is that a word? trickity I just made it up. <laughs> so I, it's all these like ways that we, we slip into that thing. And before you know it, you know, for me, this one is really enticing. Like I'm down the garden path and I just, and I might, st- and all of a sudden I'm aware That I feel like crap, and I'm like, why do I feel like crap right now? Oh, because for the last three hours, my mind has been going crazy about the weight I put on, and and that you know that clothes or that event that's coming up, and I have to you know, so it's that kind of craziness. It's crazy talk, crazy talk in your mind.
1: Yeah. And I'm happy that you share that because again, you know, that's why I said so I'm happy that, you know, that's why I said everybody does. And I'm happy you share that because so many women could identify with that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what I meant meant, meant by that, that. They could so identify with how you feel because it's like a societal thing. And I think that it's just very, very important to be mindful of what we're doing here, you know, and, and, and how, what what we're doing, because we're here really for the ascension. We're here really to wake up more and more and more and to recognize what's really real. So if we hang on to these like tedious little things of like ingredients and feeling guilty, you know, about what we're eating, Mm -hmm. then we're not really free. And we're also not being very, very trusting. And I think that you can, you can sit down and really have guilt free eating and really eat something really yummy, like pasta with tons of cheese on it and have guilt free eating. And I'm sure that it will, it won't affect your body as much as if you're like thinking about, Oh my God, how many calories am I having? You know, the energy is just so different, you know?
0: And I, and again, going back to what you're, what you're saying in the book and even now it's like. We think it's normal. Like even as women, we think it's normal to like look in the mirror and hate our body and obsess. It's like, oh, that's normal. I do it too. But just because it's common, it doesn't mean it's normal. And that's what I like about what you're saying is like you're, you're redefining a new normal, which does not include that.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't include that because it's not, it's not empowering. You know, I feel that the more and more that we start to disidentify dis- with the body and recognize that this is not all there is, that there's something so much more than this. Um, we, we will be free, you know, and it's not that you don't take care of yourself, you know, right now being that, um, I'm pregnant, you know, I am very mindful, you know, I like to walk, you know, 30 minutes a day and I like to do prenatal workouts on, on YouTube and, and I like it, but I'm very, I'm very aware of why am I doing it and is it exciting me or am I doing it because I, I don't want to be like a fat pregnant girl, you know? Cause you're uh, shoulding stuff yourself.
0: Like yeah. Cause there's the should that comes yeah. in like, Oh, I should because I'm pregnant.
1: Yeah like where is that coming from and i really comes from excitement and i i know it's coming from excitement because i don't have to do it every day For me, like, for instance, today I'm having a very sleepy day, so I'm more like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not pushing myself like, oh, my God, I have to go walk, you know, for 30 minutes. Like, No, I really honor my body and myself, and and I don't think that I'm going to get any less fatter or skinnier regardless of what I'm doing. Like, it doesn't come from that. It comes from my mind. My experience that I'm going to have in my body and everything outside of me is going to come from the way that I'm thinking because ultimately that's where my power is, is in my mind and in my thoughts. The body is just a reflection of my thoughts, Mm. right? So I could eat pasta and I could, you know, not work out as much. And I still will have the same weight or I'll still feel the same because this doesn't have anything to do with my body. It has to do with the thoughts that I'm thinking in my mind is what's going to create um, my manifestation of my body. Right. Cause totally. I'm not a body.
0: Totally. I'm and this is, this is the thing like with my, my clients and even in, you know, when I was an alternative medicine doctor in my practice and with my, even where the, the pieces I get stuck with myself too, like, you know, the body or the circumstances or whatever's going on outside of you, you know, is, is the symptom of what is not right mindedness, right? Like where your mind is not correct, right? aligned with God. And again, I go back to like the principles are so simple. Right. Like it's just, you know, our we think we, we have many problems, but we really only have one, which is we believe that we're separate from God. And I that's why I love your book. And I love when you, people break it down into really practical, simple ways of explaining it, because it is simple. We just have to practice. Right.
1: Yeah. And that that leads us to the trick number four, mm-hmm. which is, you know, practicing. Basically, the ego trick is your happiness is out there, you know. And that's, that's one of the biggest ego tricks is your happiness out there. And, and one of those is, yeah, your happiness is out there. It's like, if, if, if you look like that girl, you know, that's on Instagram, then you're going to be happy. Right. Or if you have that guy, you're going to be happy. If, if you have that car, you're going to be happy. And we've heard this on and on and on and on and on. But in the way that I'm presenting it is so different because I'm not only saying that your happiness is not outside you, you know, I'm also saying that you have everything and you lack nothing. Mm. Like that's the real truth. <laughs>
0: and that's such a big realization to to grasp for for because again we have to put aside this other way of thinking right
1: yeah of thinking that the bank account is what defines you of thinking that you're you know what you are and what you know what position you have at your job defines you or or all that stuff. We have to let go of that. And uh, even in the course, you know, one of the biggest things, and that's in my chapter eight in the book, which is, co- which is called, uh, you're getting ready. I talk about, I talk very briefly about money and abundance because this is a very big topic, you know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, a lot of people, this is a very, because this is a very ego driven world. So everything is about money, money, money. Right. And the course is saying what abundance is, and it's really, really will kick you in the butt when you really, really get what abundance is. And abundance in the course is recognizing that you are as God created. That's what abundance is, has nothing to do with anything monetary. Isn't that crazy? Nothing.
0: I love it. <laughs> I love it. And actually, yeah, like nowhere in the course does he talk about money in that way. No,
1: it actually talks about it more like, you know, you think that these golden coins and this, mm-hmm. this and that is going to make you happy and blah, 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 and Or like, you know, putting an injection in your in your veins is, is going to heal you, all this stuff. I mean, it gets very, very into this, yes. Jesus. But really, really abundance is, and I ch- talk about this in chapter eight, is you are as recognizing that you are as God created you. Now, what does that mean? It's like, of course, that is abundance. Because if you recognize that you are as God created you, again, you have everything and you lack nothing, mm-hmm. right? So that's what true abundance is. But we keep on chasing this carrot and then we have it. Cause I've had it, you know, you have the car and then no, it's not good enough. You want the next one. And, and you, it's always more, 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 more consuming. We're a consuming society. We can't get enough of stuff. You know, you can see it by the stores. You can see it. It's like just consuming. So that's what the ego does. It's constantly looking out there for more validation and more validation. And I go on to talk about This whole thing about manifesting, there's this whole whirlwind of products out there, you know, about manifesting. And I'm not saying that manifesting is bad. I'm just saying, people, what are we doing? Like, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) because the ego is one that wants to continuously and continuously manifest. Like, do something. It's like a manifesting machine. Yeah, it's like here's the
0: the twelve step or here's the five steps. This is how you do it.
1: It keeps you in the doing, right? It keeps you in the doing and in the doing and. doing. And, um, and then it's making you believe that if you think a certain way that you're going to manifest these certain things And yes, your mind is very powerful and ultimately it it would manifest things. But let me tell you, I have been in the worst times of my life, which is back in the day in the, when I was in my early twenties that I booked working for WWF, which later on now is called world wrestling entertainment, which is a huge corporation. And I beat out like 500 girls for that job. It was a national TV show and I booked it. And Giovanna, I have to say I was a hot mess and I was the saddest I've ever been in my whole life. And I booked that job. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't thinking any happy, happy thoughts to book, book that. It's just that I needed to experience that job, which looked like success. So my soul could heal and my soul could grow. So you're going to experience things in your life that appear to be successful, regardless if you're thinking Kumbaya thoughts or not. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? Because you're going to set it up for yourself that way. Your soul is going to set it up for yourself that way so that you can heal. So not necessarily are these things good or bad or is manifesting good or bad. I'm just saying just be very, very clear about what you're doing here. Because the only thing that you truly want to manifest in this realm is more and more of what Holy Spirit and Spirit's guiding you to do. And and manifesting more peace and manifesting more internal happiness versus manifesting things in form, that's going to be automatic. Those things are going to come, you know, that's just going to be an automatic icing on the cake thing. Mm-hmm. Although you're not, you don't do it because of that, because you ultimately you're going to follow them in your face and be sad because you're not going to have it, you know, because oh, it's very flighty. It's I very- love that you
0: brought that into the conversation. Cause I, I call it the old new age thinking like this idea that I and I alone create my reality, and if I focus on it, like, you know, the secret, God bless the movie, I'm very open and transparent that I have a love-hate with that movie, but it's this idea that we left out this piece that there's a bigger intention for you that you can even imagine. So if you're sitting there in your little bubble of manifestation, still sitting on your lily pad and just like focusing, 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 you are focusing on the world of form. That thing you're focusing on may not even be what Holy Spirit wants for you as an experience. And it's kind of a way of edging God out. And I think that's where, you know, the manifestation thing, it is a thing you can manifest. And it's become this like, kind of slippery little slope in, in the New Age speak where, um, you know, it's another way that egoic thinking comes in and uses it. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that in.
1: Yeah, I feel it's essential, and I and I do mention it in my book just because you know I, I, I see it, I'm witnessing it, you know, on Facebook and a lot of spirit even spiritual leaders, you know, teaching manifestation. Which again, there's nothing wrong with it. I just want to make people were like, "What are we doing here?" Yeah, you know, like because again, I fell into that manifestation mode and 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 also, like you, you know, I also watched the secret back in the day, and I loved it. I would actually mm-hmm. hear it all day and all night, you know, totally. it was like my ego was on was having an orgasm with that movie. <laughs>
0: Well, totally. And, you know, I I was the same way. And I just want to add in here, my ego had another uh, double orgasm, when I I so called, you know, I'm using air quotes, but I couldn't manifest the thing. And then the ego went in for the kill, like, Oh, you suck at this manifesting thing. You're never gonna have your life, you know, like, it's, it's a double edged sword, right?
1: Oh, my God, I love that you mentioned that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's funny because then the ego is like rah rah rah, go do this, go do that, and then when it's not manifested, you judge your judgment, you know, and you actually yeah. set it all you actually set it all up for yourself, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah. I, and I love a beautiful point that you made, Giovanna, That's so important, which is you want the Holy Spirit's guidance because exactly you want what is best for your soul growth. You want what is best. For you to wake up more and more to the love that you are and remember that you've never left the mind of God like that's the purpose here. So I love that you shared that that not necessarily what we think is the highest and best for us right or we think you know like that getting that job is the best or getting that apartment or that or moving or whatever is the best but really like giving it all over and trusting and allowing to be shown what is best for you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so much more freeing and so much more powerful than "Uh -uh -uh it has to be this way. Now, being that we're in a body and we're in a world of duality, we are going to have wants and needs and yeah, we are going to want certain things. So, my, my suggestion is give it over. You know, one of my beautiful prayers comes from the song of prayer, which of course, te- you know, the course of miracles teaches about prayer and an extension. It's a little, um, extension of the course, which is called the song of prayer. And, um, it talks about to prayer, which is giving it over, you know, to not place any idols before God. So you give it over to God. Listen, God, I really want to have this car. or I really want to have this relationship, or I really, you know, I feel like even when I wanted to be a mother, you know, I feel this really big desire to be a mother and I'm very called to be a mother in this lifetime. But you know what, I don't know what's the highest and best for you. So let me give this desire to you, God, because I don't want to place anything before you. I actually want your will to be done and not mine. And within that, there's so much, there's such power in that. There's such power in that. And then you experience it and it comes to you if it's the highest and best. So that is, for me, has been so, so, so helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's aligning yourself to, I mean, you even say this in the book, it's aligning yourself to the, the knowing and the belief that you're not doing it alone, like so you don't have to be like the the whole idea of you create your reality, although it is very true like it is true. there's a, a loneliness in there. there's a piece where we forgot, yeah, you do, and you're not alone like you you have a guide, you have help in creating that should you choose to ask their help. So yeah, I love that. I love that piece, which kind of segues into the next thing I, I wanted you know, to go with you. And this was a big question for me when I started. And I still find myself sometimes in this question of like, wait, am I hearing, am I hearing the right thing? And so you have this piece where you actually talk to people about how to hear spirit's voice, like how to hear Holy Spirit's voice, because if we are asking for guidance and we are using the, your will, not mine, we also have to train ourselves to listen. So could you uh, talk to us a little bit about how to hear the voice for spirit?
1: Yeah. Just how we like talked about the tricks first. It's important to be aware of the tricks, which we talked about. You know, I think that's, that's the first thing. Cause you need to catch yourself. Yeah. So I go over this, this, I go over this, um, stop, look and listen, which is like my easiest way, which is the way that I'm able to listen to spirit is by, um, really stopping, stopping, because I feel that the mind is the course of miracles even says that, that the mind we're too okay with mind wandering, you know? Um, we have, we're not very uh, consistent, you know, in our consistency and stopping our thoughts. We just let let our thoughts have our way with us. So one of the ways is that, you know, you stop, you really stop yourself, especially when you recognize that you're feeling even a tinge of anxiety or something's off. And you know, because you'll feel it, you'll be like, huh, I'm getting really a little, little bit annoyed at this person right now, or, uh you know, I'm feeling a little sad right now, or I'm feeling something's going on. Like you'll feel it yeah. because you won't feel at peace. So you're going to stop you're gonna stop yourself and be very aware of what you're thinking then you, you know, you want to, you want to look, you want to look at what you're thinking. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking right now that I'm concerned about how my job interview is going to go. Okay. So this is what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about if it's going to go good or not. So now you know that the thought is what's really giving you the experience at that point. So you slow down your thoughts. You're like, wait a second, I can change this thought. So the third step is to ask and listen. So Holy spirit, I give over to you my anxiety with the situation of how I'm going to do in this job interview and my anxiety about money. And I'm going to give over to you, you know, these thoughts that I'm having, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy of this job, that I'm scared to death that I can't pay my rent or whatever it is that's going on. And you ask, and then you just are very in the moment of just receiving guidance. And you're like, okay, and then you're going to receive guidance. You know, there's different things that I talk about, how you get guidance from Holy Spirit, you know, one of them could be, you know, you can see symbols or signs and symbols, you know, you can be driving on the street and you could see a billboard that says something or a song will come on or a friend is going to tell you something, you know, there's all these ways that spirit speaks to us and Holy Spirit's always going to meet us where we're at, you know, always going to meet us where you're at, you know, it's, it's, it's very gentle and it's very loving and it will always, always meet you where you're at. You just need to ask.
0: For me, I experience, you know, when I start going into the crazy about a decision, which I just recently had that experience. I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. Da, 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 da. And then I remember, you know, I will not make any decisions without you, right? Of course, principle and, and lesson. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring spirit in here. And then I still find myself, like, I'll still go into like, yeah, but what is it? Am I looking for it? Like, is that a sign? And, and, I'm, and so what happens for me when I know it's spirit's voice, and I shared this a lot with my clients, is the peace that falls over me. There's the calm, you know, let's say it's a decision. It's not like a, yeah, 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 that's it. Or no, 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 no. It's really just like a, yeah, or no. Like (laughs) it's just very peaceful and calm. And, And it's a big difference to when you're making the decision with all your like pros and cons and here's the ledger and like, Okay, I'm gonna do it, but like you're full of anxiety about it. It's a it's a different kind of feeling, and and I yeah, I love that piece that you brought in about that because the ultimate goal again is peace. Am I feeling peace?
1: It's actually very easy. I just feel that some people hear the vo- think that the voice has to be like very loud and like oh you know like a big intervention or something or you hear a voice, <laughs> but it's more of inspiration you know and one of the big ways that we can listen to spirit aside from the stop look and listen which is very practical is you know a huge thing for me has been having big willingness the course of miracles says all all you need is a little bit of willingness and miracles happen but I say in my book big willingness and the reason I say big willingness is I feel that Jesus didn't want to scare us too much and say little willingness but (laughs) in truth I feel that we need to have big willingness because there's so much this world like we were talking about is so cuckoo and it's so upside down that it really takes something. It takes something to really want to listen. It takes something to really, really want to trust. So that's why I always say you need to have big willingness. You need to get to the point that you're like, I'm done. Ya basta. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm, done with <laughs> with, I'm done with playing with my littleness I'm tired, you know, of believing in my littleness, I'm tired of the fear, I'm tired of believing I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy, I'm tired of crying, I'm tired of suffering. Like, you got to get to that point that you're like, I am done, and you need to be completely like, okay, I am willing. And that comes from a space of where I was doing the seven-step fearless process, which is in the fearless chapter. Mm -hmm. And um, it was one of these processes that I channeled one day because I had had it with looking for my love outside of myself and getting super anxious when I would meet somebody or when a man would come into my life. I would just feel like I wasn't worthy of it. And if I really liked him, I was a hot mess. I'm sure all those ladies could relate to that. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, I've never experienced that. I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. That was actually one of the first, like, I think that's what you're talking about in the interview with Lisa, that I was like, oh yeah, I need to to hear more about what she has to say. Same thing, totally.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, I was so, so tired of of like constantly just being so fearful and so guilt written when I was in relationship that I just, I didn't, I didn't feel enough. And also I would convince men to be with me. Like I had to literally convince them. It was like a 24 hour job and it was exhausting. And when I realized that was one day when I was on the couch and I had just actually just even done a service, I had actually spoken I wasn't kind of like in this, not even a relationship because it was never a relationship. It was more like I invented this relationship in my mind, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this person had like clearly told me he wasn't relationship material. Like literally told me that, like said, Hey, listen, I'm not boyfriend material. And but you're like,
0: people- Oh, he's, 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 I, I could change that. You know, he's just, that's not real. I, I've done that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sitting on my couch and I was thinking about all the ways that I would like get him over, like make him pasta. I don't know what I was. I was just thinking of all these ways I could get him over to the house. And I remember just breaking down crying and just coming to the realization of not just about him, but all my life, like how much I've struggled to really want to be loved. struggle of really wanting um, that partner of of really wanting to have that romance and really wanting to experience self love and relationship and and having a relationship that was just amazing and really longing for that. And it was just really the truth was I was longing for God's love. And I was looking for in all the wrong places because I already had it, you know, and in that moment, what came to me is that Holy Spirit said to me, you know, I need to forgive. And and I was like, what do you mean I need to forgive? And then what I, what I got was, you need to forgive, you need to forgive your father, which actually my father committed suicide when I was only three months old, and that I had to forgive him. Mm-hmm. But not only that, Spirit said, you need to forgive all the men in your life. And I was like, wow, Okay. And you're going to forgive them and it's going to be seven days. And this was the clearest channeling I've ever wow. had. I've never had I've never had such clear channeling in my life since that day. Like it was very specific channeling, which is actually in my book. It's called The Seven Step Fearless Process, which I highly recommend because it really helped me heal my grievances with men. So I went back in time and a spirit said, you're going to go back in time to all your relationships and what you made them mean and how they made you suffer. And how you th- how, why you think they made you suffer? Or what did they do to you? So I literally had to go back in time. And for seven days, I went back and I went back to these relationships and wrote down the story I, I made up about them. And then then I get Holy Spirit's interpretation of what's really true about each relationship, which is so healing, because what happens is, is that then what you thought happened, you transform it and it no longer has a hold on you. Where the big willingness comes from is here. Like right in the middle of the week, it was a Wednesday of where I was halfway through the process. I get uh, this insight from spirit of where I'm crying and I'm like, I really just wanted to heal this already. I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of this exercise because the exercises were really, really draining. And I was like, I'm so tired. I just want to be happy. I just want to be in a relationship. I just want to feel worthy. And I was doing really, really hard work, Giovanna. (laughs) Yeah. And Holy Spirit, I, I said, Holy Spirit, I'm ready. Holy Spirit, I'm ready. You know what Holy Spirit told me? No, you're not.
0: <laughs> and I was you, like, and you, laugh, you? you laugh now, but then you were like, damn it! <laughs>
1: I was like, what do you mean? I'm here crying every day. I'm here suffering every day. I'm here, you know, crying my eyes out and going back in time. And it's so uncomfortable. What do you mean I'm not ready? At that moment, it's like time collapsed. It's like everything came together. It was like, finally, the lid was lifted. It's finally the veil was lifted. It was like, wow, I can't compromise any longer. And I get goosebumps just telling you this. I can't compromise any longer. I need to have big willingness. Like, I can't play small anymore. Like, that's it. You know what? I got to stop looking to be complete outside of myself. I got to stop looking for something outside to make me happy. I got to stop this addiction it was an addiction Mm -hmm. and when i realized that that was the source of everything all the conflict within me was actually myself holding myself back of the good the holy and the beautiful that i'm worthy of in god i was free and now you forward now to my life now and the amazing beautiful relationship that i'm in with a beautiful man it just shows that the self-love that i cultivated and all the work that i did with my big willingness has its payoffs, even yeah. in form. Yeah. You, know, you could because not have been enjoying
0: that now. You couldn't have
1: received it. Couldn't have received it because once, one, um, I come into this relationship complete complete and whole and here to, here to heal and do shadow work with my partner. And he wouldn't tolerate a woman that's needy. He wouldn't tolerate a woman that is not self-loving and it's like leechy and it's like, you know, leeching onto him for his happiness because he's very awake man. So he can't, I wouldn't be able to be in even his existence with the old Maria, mm. right? But the Maria that I am now that I'm self love. And yes, of course I still have my healing to do, but I come into the relationship in such wholeness that it's very attractive to his soul because he's also very whole. So if you see two whole people that are coming together to continue to heal together, their baggage And see it together and not people please and expose things and not have private thoughts. And it takes something to be in a relationship where you expose everything. I expose everything to him. All my insecurities, all my, you know, all my abandonment issues and, and, and vice versa. And we're very transparent with these things. You know, we hold nothing back. And I've been able to create a relationship like this because of my work in the past. That's why I say you have to have big willingness. And that's the only way that you're going to start to express and symbols outside of you that are going to reflect to you self-love. So Christian is just a beautiful symbol of self-love to me. My partner is actually reflecting to me the self-love that I have cultivated for myself. Yeah. He's just showing yeah. he's showing showing he's just showing up showing me the work of my labor, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. I this piece of willingness, like we're almost at time and I just I don't even know how that happened cuz I could talk to you for forever, but this piece about willingness, I have to put this in here because this was like probably one of the most Powerful things, and it remains to be the most powerful thing to me is this willingness, the tiny or the big willingness, because you know, there's been moments where, and I want to say this for the people listening like, this isn't like you say, always a kumbaya moment. Like, there's been moments where I'm like, I am pissed with this person. They have triggered the shit out of me. I'm angry, and I'm acknowledging that right now I want to be right. I want to be right. I want to be self righteous. I want to be angry. I'm acknowledging that I'm hanging on to this and because the willingness I have found is an and 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 I'm willing to see it differently. Right. So like you don't I want to just say this for everyone listening that this doesn't have to be perfect. Like that, like it's messy. And and just acknowledging where you're at, even if you are in the ego and like you call it, Maria, you call it the caca. Right. Like even if you're in the caca and just to acknowledge. Yeah, like, the I'm, caca thoughts. The caca thoughts, like, right now, I am totally yeah. overtaken by ego. I want to be right. I want them to be wrong. Like, I, you know, it's like, it's overtaken me. And that willingness, it's like this little window of, like, it's almost like this little white flag that you, like, hold up for spirit, saying, I know I'm in this shit right now. And, I, and there's part of me that wants to stay here because I want to be right or I want to be, you know, whatever it is. But I have this little white flag. I'm going to call, I'm going to use it. And it's an invitation, isn't it? Like an invitation to come in and help you see it differently. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's beautiful, and it's and it's so helpful. And I love that you bring that up because it is about being aware. I think that what you're saying is is, is taking responsibility and being aware. You know, yeah. right now I'm choosing to be sad. Right now I'm choosing to be a victim. Right now I'm choosing and that I want to be right. And 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 there's something really powerful in that. There's nothing actually wrong with that. I think that owning that and, you know, I talk about that in my book, which is something we could close with, which is feeling your feelings, you know, you know, feeling our feelings is is very, very spiritual. You know, being spiritual is not brushing things in the rug and pretending everything's fine. That's being stupid. You know, you, Mm -hmm. you want to feel it because when you feel it, you heal it. You know, when you feel it in the feeling, you awaken. So in the feeling it, you know what, I I am being a victim. You know what, I, I, feeling that I am sad. In that feeling it, you're able to expose it. But when you start to deny it and don't want to feel it and you want to have that drink and you want to watch the news and you want to escape, you're not attending to the issue. You're not attending to the nudge that Holy Spirit's giving you. Hey, listen, I want to experience this with you. I want to heal this with you. Let's come together and let's feel this together. And you could feel it with spirit. You know, I sit down and, you know, a little bit before I met my husband, this was actually like six months before I met him. I remember that I was having a really strong desire to be in relationship. And I was actually having a really, really strong desire to be a mother which actually both things ended up happening, right? Are happening <laughs> right now. I sat down with Spirit because I was so sad, Giovanna. And I was like just feeling that sadness of that wanting to have a, a relationship of where I can be of service with another and collaborate together. I was feeling this sadness of longing to be a mother, you know, and, and I and I really gave that over to Spirit. And I remember Spirit, one of the first things that it said to me in that giving over of where I cried with spirit together. And I felt those emotions with spirit of when spirit spirit gave me the inspiration of, you're sad because you wish that things could be different. You know, you're sad because you think that if things were different you would be happy. But the truth is is that you lack nothing and you have everything and right now you you do have children. You know, you have two little furry dogs in the other room that love you, you know? Spirit pointed out to me, you know. And and right now you're single because it's actually the highest and best for your soul because you would be very distracted. And right now, it's exactly perfect for you to show up single in the world because it's actually the highest and best for your soul right now. So all these insights I got by feeling our feelings, feeling, if you feel your feelings, these are the insights that you get instead of denying your feelings.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because then, you know, we do, do, like we either, like you said, distract with food or TV or we do a spiritual bypass and we say, oh, it's not spiritual to be angry. And so we kind of pretend we don't have the anger but I I love that you just said that like feel it and and invite spirit in feel it with spirit and make it a conversation like I'm I'm have all this crap right now I'm feeling all this stuff and and allow whatever is to come to you and through you in that conversation I love that because it just again you're not alone like you know you say that in your book you're not alone so, oh my gosh, I, I literally, I feel like I can talk to you forever. I feel like we covered like five pages of the book. Like we we did, <laughs> really we like- did,
1: we did. And we, we, t- we talked about so many different things in the book. And not only that, we also went over practical things, which is so, so essential and so, so helpful.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, like there's so much more for everyone listening Go and get a copy of of Live Your Happy. It's just practical. I mean, there's more so you go into fear quite a bit and you talk about like how to reduce your fear and what, you know, the voice of fear is versus the voice of spirit. And there's so many goodies in this book, including the F word, which we didn't get into, uh-huh. which is forgiveness. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I could like I said, I could talk to you forever. I'm so grateful to finally have you on this show and to have a conversation with you about this. And just for who you are in the world and what you're sharing and and just living your own happy, which is such an example for us. So thank you so, so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Giovanna. You asked such great questions. And again... This is like my favorite part of the book is doing interviews and collaborating with people because that's what we're here for. We're here to collaborate together to be truly helpful. And as we share, we also get so much out of it along with everyone else. You know, it's just a collaborative effort in the awakening of the mind.
0: Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. God bless
1: you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.